What's going on, guys? Welcome back to episode 24 of The Linesman, presented by Hedgebetter here at Hedgebetter Quarters. Uh, no Arby or Coach Andy today. They're out shaping the uh, minds of the American youth today. Um, so I am joined by my two good friends, Trevor Ralphs, local Aston Villa expert, and Nick Lauer, local Real Madrid and Ronaldo fanboy. <laughs> What's going on, guys? How was your weekend? Terrible. Terrible? Yeah, <laughs> mine too. Mine too. It was rough. Yeah, uh, it's a tough go. Uh, Premier League action uh, for Trevor and I. Uh, let's just get right into it. Aston Villa. Can you give us your thoughts, Trevor? <sighs> yeah, uh, it's a it's a sad ending to the Dean Smith era. Um, you know, it was it was a good three year run. And at the end of the day, I guess ownership uh, just had higher expectations, you know, coming into the season uh, with Dean Smith bringing him out of the championship and uh, surviving relegation his first year in the Premier League. And then the the next goal for this club is to compete for Europe. And they got off to a pretty good start of the season, but losing five in a row, I guess, was uh, just too much for ownership. But it's definitely sad to see him go after uh, being a, a, a Villa fan growing up and since I've been a Villa supporter, he's been uh, the longest tenured uh, manager at Aston Villa. So definitely sad to see him go. But at the same time, I'm, I'm pretty uh, excited to see uh, who owner, ownership brings in uh, going forward. Do you do you have any idea who they're going to bring in? Do you, are there any rumors or anything? Yeah, I've heard, a, I've heard a lot of rumors. I've seen a lot uh, since Dean Smith has been sacked. I've seen uh, Steven Gerrard come up. And actually, right before uh, starting this, as of like 45 minutes ago, I saw that he's expected to come in and be the lead candidate and they want to bring him in during the international break. So we'll see if that comes true because um, he's been doing great things at Rangers and it would definitely be uh, pretty interesting for him to come to the premier league. But other than that, I've seen like uh, uh, Martinez is a a one candidate. And then also the uh, Danish uh, Euro, the Danish national team coach is another candidate. So I've been trying to do some research, but as of right now, it seems like Stevie G might be the lead candidate. So, that would be fucking fantastic. What do you think? What do you think was Dean Smith's downfall? Was it his tactics, or was it his man management, or what do you think it was? Yeah, I think it was a handful of things. I, I feel pretty bad for him just because there's it's been such a kind of a crazy season for Aston Villa with the whole Jack Grealish saga. You didn't know what was going on there, and then they've brought in so many new players with that some of that Grealish money, and even without it, with like Leon Bailey, Danny Ings, and even uh, if you look at the last like three seasons since they've come up. They're their top, probably top five in the Premier League in spending. So um, just so many new players coming in. And then there's been injuries. There's been COVID. There's been international breaks. You had that whole thing with Emi Buendia and Emi Martinez with the Argentina national team. So there's been a lot of things going on. But I think recently in these five losses, it's he's tried to change up the tactics. I mean, earlier in the season, he switched to five in the back. And at first, it, it worked pretty well because I thought they've improved a lot defensively throughout the years. Um, and they've had some good, some, uh, good defenders back there, but then the five, three, two wasn't working. We, we weren't getting too many chances going forward. So then he made some drastic changes, switching up the formation, benching Tyrone Mings, which I was for because he always has a mistake in him, even though he's the captain. Yep. And so it seemed like Dean Smith was always willing to, and not always willing to, but more recently changed up the tactics, brought new players in. Um, but at the end of the day, the, the players just didn't perform. I mean, these games that I've watched recently, like the Arsenal game was one of the worst games I've watched. The Southampton mm-hmm. uh, game 
on Friday, there was just a freaky goal in the second minute. And then the rest of the, the game, it just wasn't uh, anything going forward really. So I do feel bad for Dean. Um, I feel like some of this fault is on the players, but at the same time, I it's just, it, it seems like if you go on one of these skits in the Premier League, we just see these uh, managers getting sacked all the time. So, yeah, a quarter of the uh, Premier League managers have been sacked already, and it's not even it's not even the tra- January trans- transfer window yet. Um, you got to find some solace, though, Trevor. You guys have more points at Old Trafford than Man United has in their last six games. <laughs> wow, <laughs> that's pretty impressive. Very impressive. And that's 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 the crazy part too. They had that Man U win, and then they were up two 0 on Wolves at one point, and it was looking like European. Ian contention could be a, a possibility and then it all just came and then it just crashing came. down with that freak ending at Wolves yeah. and yeah but still optimistic uh, with the ownership I really do trust ownership they've yeah. seemed to uh, be be clear with the whole Jack Grealish thing and they've been pumping money in so hopefully they didn't just fire Dean as a reactionary thing hopefully they have someone picked out and if it's DVG uh, we'll go from there yeah I mean staying on the topic of uh, second managers Norwich City beat Brentford our Brentford bees um big fans on the podcast here um and they fired their manager right after I mean I don't know I mean I think he this is like the first time I've ever seen a manager fired after a win I mean you can't really take a Premier League season you're just going to end up back in the back in the championship and get come right back up I guess if you're Norwich but they are just they're a train wreck and but honestly good good win for them Moving on, uh, let's go to Chelsea Burnley. Lauer, I know you're a Chelsea-ish kind of Chelsea fan. Um, <laughs> give us your thoughts oh, yeah. on that. Give us your thoughts on that absolute heartbreaker of a game. I mean, they dominated that game. I think uh, after it, everyone was kind of writing saying Chelsea deserved the points there. Um, but again, they just let that one slide by. That that defense is so solid, but when it comes to scoring goals. Uh, Sometimes they have some questionable finishing in front of goal. They could definitely get the opportunities, but in that game, I think it was 20 to four on shots. Um, and yeah. the fact that both just scored one and they only forced, I think three saves from the keeper from 20 shots. Uh, they're just not able to get it actually in the back of the net when it matters, Yeah, but well, God. Yeah. They're just, they dominated the game. 70% possession, uh, 25 yeah. shots, four on target though. That's kind of a tough one. If you're putting so many shots, you expect at least a little more on on net. Um, yeah, I just I the one I, thing I oh no you go. The one thing I'll say about Chelsea though right now is you're starting to see some of those signings that they had that were kind of questioned starting to turn it around. Like Kai Havertz, his last four or five games, I feel like he's been in a real run of form. Um, so as soon as they start getting that going, they have so much depth, dude. So much depth. They are a very deep team, and it's not it's you know you say questionable finishing in front of, in front of the net. Do you think Lukaku falls under there 100%? I mean, I think Lukaku is going to find a way to score. One of the things I kind of saw that was a big difference is just coming from Italy. He had all this kind of open space, and all of a sudden that space in the Premier League is just sucked up by all the defenders. Everyone's yeah. just playing much closer to the man. And uh, I think they, they just got to find a way if it's either – him making a little bit more runs and trying to feed him on that, but his hold up play is so good. So yeah. maybe just more crosses after he holds it up, get it out wide and kind of cut it back to the middle for him. Yeah. I know. I know he didn't play in this last game, but I said it before the season when he came back, it's, I don't think, I don't think he's, I don't think he's really built for the Premier league anymore. You know, he had his run at Everton mm-hmm. and you know, Premier league defenses are just getting better and better by, by the season. And he, and he's yeah. a big, strong, muscular guy. 
but so are the defenders in the Prem, and it's just going to be harder for him to score eventually. I think that's what his yeah. problem was at United. Um, and I, I would honestly, I hope, I wish he stayed back in Italy, but I'm happy he's in the Prem. It's a little more buzz around the, around the games now that he's back, and it's pretty exciting. But <clears throat> other than that, I, I get it. I agree with you. They're, they're scoring. They're, they have trouble scoring going forward sometimes, and it shows. The one thing I'm uh, worried about with Chelsea right now is our uh, Captain America, Pulisic, is, he's on a poor run of form right now. It was a mixture of injuries where he could just not get on the pitch, but now that he's starting to find a little bit of minutes, everyone who was kind of behind him at the time that uh, they were making their run last year, they're all playing much better. So he's having yeah. he's having trouble finding his finding some minutes. Yeah, I, I agree. There, he's he's good. He's uh he's gonna be struggling a little bit. All these guys are coming up, playing very well. I forget who. Yeah. I forget who that young guy is. I forget what his name is. They got Mason Mount. Is he's a freaking stud. Mason. And then who's that eighteen year old that Ziyech. Um, he's a he's in the back line, I think. Chella, Chella, something, Chella Boa, whatever his name is. Trevor, 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 Chella Boa, Trevor, Chella Boa. Trevor, just like me, but with an H. Yep, 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 yep. <laughs> scored in his debut. Yes, he did. That's that's exactly what I was talking about. They just have they they're gonna have some young guys coming up soon, and it's gonna be hard yeah, for an that's... American guy like him who's missing all this game time to get some playing minutes. Um, That's what I was a little concerned about with Chelsea when they uh, last year with they just brought in so many attackers. I mean, it worked out they won the Champions League, but they just have so many attacking depth that just from an American perspective with with Pulisic, it's it's tough to just. It seems like they just have to go off form for a lot of those guys. They just have so much attacking depth. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean they're in they're in almost every competition, so you'll see that depth coming in down the line when they have a nice finish. But right now they're they're beatable. They look beatable. Um, and another team that's that's kind of coming up, that's kind of falling off right now. Brighton, they've what drawn their last couple couple games here, um, especially to Newcastle, new manager, new ownership. Newcastle's looking great, not really, but they did great. <laughs> and um, another big headline: Antonio Conte coaches first game in the Prem against Everton on Sunday to a zero zero draw. What do you guys think? Do you think he's anything special? Do you think he's the right fit for for the Spurs or not? Trevor, you want to go first? You want me to? Well, I'll, I'll quickly these. go back to I'll quickly go back to Brighton real quick because I actually had this point. I I love watching Brighton, and last year I don't know if you guys know this. If you go to the um, I, I use the site five thirty eight a lot, and they have a, a certain ranking system of. Uh, basically taking into expected goals and offensive and de- defensive efficiency. And if you look at Brighton's season last year, even though they finished in 15th, I think going off their SV on they should have been almost a European contention team. So I wasn't too surprised to see Brighton getting off to such a hot start this year. I think they're just really well managed and their defense is always keeping them in games. And that's why you see they've been getting so many draws lately. So I hope they do stay up there. Like Nick said, uh, they are tailing off a little bit, but I did want to give uh, Brighton a shout out yeah. uh, for playing so well. <laughs> it was it was just a tough. I mean, you would expect some goals in that game, especially a rejuvenated Tottenham team. But other like the the stats haven't aren't really telling the whole story of the game. It was kind of fifty fifty possession, but Everton was all over all over the Spurs. Twelve shots, eight eight chances on net. It was they should have scored. You know, they should have scored more goals. They should have scored a goal. 
and Tottenham, they just look like they sat back a little bit, kind of what Nuno was doing. And I get that's Conte's style, kind of sit back, absorb the pressure, then break out in the counter, especially with that 3-4-2-1 formation with, the, uh, with their wingbacks. But they just they were pinned in their own half for, for some for extended periods of time, and they just couldn't get anything going, I think. And I think Kane's done. I don't think he wants to be there anymore. And I agree. Obvious missed, missed penalty um, against Richarlison on Sunday, too. I, I'm surprised that didn't get called. Um, I also watched the highlights yeah. of that game. So, because I was. Yeah, Spurs, Spurs are that interesting one. I feel like recently we've seen a lot of managers come in and you kind of revitalize the club, but I'm just not sure. Like you said with Kane, I don't think his heart's in it anymore. So, I'm not sure how much Conte can do this year for kind of giving this team a second wind. Yeah. Um, but God, gosh, Conte is a winner, dude. Everywhere he goes, he finds a way to compete in a league, or if not win it at one point. So Spurs fans got to be happy with that. Uh, but that was a quick transition from managers. So yeah. it makes me scared for management there. It was about, it was about two, two days, two and a half days for, for a quick switch over, bringing in an entire new system and, and, and coaching staff and trying to get everything on everyone on the same page is tough. I get it, but you know, we'll go again. They'll go again in a couple of weeks, but again, I don't know how much time he needs to, to completely revitalize this Tottenham team. Who do they have next? They have Leeds next. I mean, Leeds is, they're not, they're beginning not to be a pushover team Leeds, They can, they are, they've been getting draws and, and wins uh, the last couple of weeks. So we'll see. But um, let's uh, go up to the North of London. Uh, let's go to Arsenal Watford game. Arsenal have now won, have not lost a game since uh, mid September. Incredible run of form, and now they're in fifth place, three points above Man United. Um, our buddy Tom, graphic design Tom, as we call him here, uh, huge huge <laughs> Arsenal guy. He's probably he would probably love to rub it in our faces right now, but he's out. Um, I didn't really watch this game, but holy shit, Emil Smith Rowe is amazing. That guy, Dude, he, you go. He's just on fire. And then finally with Rashford staying back at United over the uh, qualifying break, he's going to get some treatment. And so Smith Rowe took that spot, and I'm excited for that one because he is just – he's playing like a diamond right now. He is. He's exactly what they need in this in this lineup for Liverpool. Uh, Liverpool for Watt for uh, – Jesus Christ, Arsenal. Oh, my God. I'm watching the highlights right now. That goal was amazing too. And yeah, this yeah, this Arsenal turnaround was not expected by me. I was uh, pretty pessimistic on Arsenal coming into this year. Um, I had a future of them finishing a uh, bottom half of the table, and that doesn't look too good right now. So, uh, but it's it's pretty amazing how they've had this turnaround. I mean, it seems like all the Arsenal fans I know did not like Arteta, and uh, but yeah, Smith Rowe is he's he's very talented. And over the off season, I I know that Aston Villa put in a couple bids for Smith Rowe and. Arsenal fans did not seem to like that because uh, <laughs> they still think of themselves as a big bad Arsenal uh, and trying to get their one of their players post Massenville. They didn't take too kindly to that, but it's probably pretty uh, happy you stayed with the uh, runs of form that those two clubs are in right now. So yeah, they are they are on fire. Do you think it's do you think Arteta changes tactics? Because when I when I watch them play, they they kind of play the same formation. Do you think it's the personnel switch that's that's gotten them to where they are, or? Do you think the players just started believing in themselves? I, th- I think it's a little bit of both. From what I've noticed, Lacazette's playing much better. Uh, Benjamin White at the back is 
turned into just a stud right now. And then Saka is just playing beyond his years right now. Um, so I think it's a little bit of that mixture where you kind of see the players start to gain confidence, the fans get behind them, and then the manager gains confidence as well. It just radiates that energy throughout the club. And right now, Arsenal is riding high on that wave. Yeah, it, they are. Ben White had a nice assist on that goal too. Yeah, he did. Yeah. He was right up the middle. Unbelievable. I think he's great. I like Ben White. I wish we got him, but we didn't. Um, <laughs> moving on to an absolute – I wouldn't even call it a stunner of a game, but but just the, the sheer magnitude of, of this game uh, against West Ham and Liverpool, the ramifications of it. Kind of humbling Liverpool here at West Ham. And West Ham, oh, my God. Talk about a run of form. You know, the, we talked about them last year and how we expected them to be in a European spot at the end of the year, and they trailed off so hard. And it was such a disappointing season. And all of a sudden this season, they just turned, flipped the switch, turned it on, and all of a sudden they're, they're in third place contending for a title spot. That is, I think that's great for David Moyes, a man who's been shunned throughout his career, and now he has a winning team playing unreal football, putting all the parts together, and they are just beating teams down, especially a team like Liverpool, who has been also on an insane run of form. First loss of the season for them. <clears throat> what do you guys think? Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I said it in our uh, group chat. I think West Ham's for real. I mean, looking back, relating it back to Aston Villa really quickly to put in perspective how big of a rise that they've had. Uh, two years ago, West Ham and Aston Villa both came down to the last day to see if they were surviving in the Premier League. And you look since then, uh, West Ham, I mean, they had a great season last year and it looks like they might even having a better one this year. And it seems like every time I watch a West Ham game, they just don't give in. They don't give away uh, dumb mistakes, bad goals or anything. And they're always in contention. And then you, you might think looking at the roster um, at first that they don't have much going forward, but just the evolution of Antonio and all those guys there. Suchak is awesome. And Fornals has been great too. It's, it seems like of, of all the people you might look at the the players and think they don't have that much spending or they don't have that much star power. But when you have someone like Declan Rice in the middle of the field, controlling those games, and it seems like of any premier league team that I look at, they look to be, the most collective of a group of individuals playing as a team and believing in the system. So I really enjoy watching these uh, West Ham games and my uh, relative out in London is a West Ham fan. So got to give him a shout out for uh, the hammers. <laughs> yeah, It all starts in their back line. Honestly, they brought in Kurt Zuma this past summer and honestly, Ogbonna, he's been there for a while now and he's just a, a stalwart there for them. And they added uh, Aaron Cresswell and Ben Johnson on the wings. I think those were good, two good pickups for them. And their midfield is, is unbelievable. Not attacking midfielders like like a lot of teams would like to have, but two just absolute dogs on defense with Declan Rice and um, Thomas Suchek. Unbelievable. And, oh, yeah. And the stats of the game, like if you're looking at just the stat line and the score, that the stats don't do this game justice because Liverpool, on paper, absolutely dominated Liver, uh, West Ham. Like 69, 69% possession, 16 shots, 15 chances created like it this game should have been you know four one five you know five two unbelievable just pass passing the ball efficiently like Liverpool usually does but they just pull it out they they play in a in a four four one one um when they're soaking up the pressure West Ham and then as soon as they get the ball on the counterattack they break off into like a four two three one and it's just like so fast on the counter like Liverpool had no idea what hit them I forget who had that run. I think it was Bowen. 
he cut inside. Uh, he got him inside of Van Dyke, and Van Dyke had to take him down outside of the box, and that that's what kind of led to the to the corner into the the second goal for West Ham. They are unbelievable. I am very excited for this West Ham team. What do you guys think? Do you think? You, uh, wait, hold on. Do you think they can keep it up, or do you think they're gonna? They're obviously gonna fall off in a little bit. Do you think that or no? I, I hope I they keep it up, but uh, I mean, I don't know. If, yeah, I don't know if they can keep it up for Champions League. I think Europa though is definitely there for the take. I mean, you look at it right yeah. now: Chelsea, Man City, West Ham, Liverpool, Arsenal, who are flying in Man U. It's gonna be it's gonna be top tough to top all uh, five of those other teams there, but. I think they should. Uh, hopefully, I think they'll stay in, in contention at least for Europe the rest of the year. Yeah, yeah, I, I completely I, agree. I'm very excited. This is going to be a good. This is going to be a good end of the season. Um, like we said this year, we kind of predicted it's going to be a tough one. Uh, it's going to be a close race. But right now, I mean, kind of just Chelsea's kind of running away with it as we speak. Um, every team in here is beatable. But it's just about stringing wins together. And honestly, I don't want to talk about this, but we're going to. Um, we're going to talk about the Manchester Derby. Um, I, if I was by myself right now, I, I would be at a loss for words. I'd be a, I'd be a sad boy, but, uh, thank God I got you two guys here, especially Lauer since he's a Ronaldo fan. Um, uh, man, what a shit show, uh, of a game. Um, just own yeah. goals, no belief. You don't see any tactics. You don't see any belief like in the, in between players, no belief in the manager. And I hate I hate fans who are blaming this all on Solskjaer because when he came into the squad, it was kind of like where we are right now, just complete disarray, struggling to win games, and he turned it around in two and a half years. We finished second last year, and now all of a sudden, I don't know what happened, but we got away from those fundamental beliefs of what made us great and the tactics that we played. Um, I don't know if he changed them. He he didn't make that many changes to his to his tactics, but... And but he made changes to his personnel, and all of a sudden they're just, you know, they're just shit in the bed. They're not playing well together. And do you think? I know this one's gonna hurt Lauer, but do you think Ronaldo's kind of blamed to that? Kind of to blame for that? I mean, you see a lot of people talk about the lack of pressing he does in games, and kind of over these last uh, three or so games, I've seen him definitely put in a lot more effort defensively, pressing the back line. Um, dropping back more than he normally does. But it is just very strange that tactics don't really change. And he kind of comes in and this team, just the confidence almost seems like it's completely gone on these guys besides kind of Ronaldo himself. I don't really see anyone carrying themselves like they were like uh, to me last year, all the young guys, Greenwood, Rashford, et cetera, they all had this, this poise to them. They were developing so nicely and I feel like it's almost kind of been halted this year. And I don't, I don't know if that's with Ronaldo being in there and a little bit more cameras, but uh, it'll be interesting to see how they come together and how they can try to turn it around. And do you think, do you think favoritism is a big part of, of why the, a lot of these guys who should be starting aren't starting and why a lot of these guys who shouldn't be on the field are still on the field? I mean, granted there are injuries within the squad that kind of, hinder your performance i guess like Ferran, he's out until december which is unfortunate yeah but got a red card last last game or two games ago and now he's hurt taking off france's squad um but guys like like you know alex tellez and and van de beek and sancho they deserve to be playing out there on the pitch but instead we're playing mcguire and 
Shaw, Fred McTominay. I think I think Fred gets a lot of stick, but he picks up all the slack that McTominay leaves. I think McTominay is, is a is a is a gong show right now. He's not doing his job. He's all <laughs> over the place. He's 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 so close to his he's defending his own guy rather than defending the guy he's supposed to be marking. Like it doesn't make any sense. I was watching him on I watched him for about thirty seconds a time, like every time, you know, Manchester had the city had the ball, which was often. I would take a peek at McTominay, and he would just be there'd be his the guy he's marking had about ten or fifteen yards of open space between him and the guy and like Gunduan who was distributing the ball all over the place, just unbelievable like crap defending, and everyone sticks up for Bai. Why doesn't Bai play? Why doesn't Bai play? Because he fucking sucks, and he let in that own goal. <laughs> And I get it, like, <laughs> like I get that was it. That's a pretty free cone goal, though. Yeah, I mean, that's just kind of been their luck this year. Like, if you've seen a lot of the goals that teams score against them, they're just, they're just not, you know, against that game, that goal against West Ham. They she shot it from like the I forget who shot it. It was from thirty yards out, and it just clipped off the knee of Iran, went into the net, and it sucks because De Gea is in has brought back his form. So well. he looks great. He looks great. Dude, he, he looks has been, great. He's the only reason it wasn't six nothing, five nothing. Yeah, and he has been absolutely a brick, which just makes it that much more frustrating that the defense and midfield isn't kind of just standing up in front of him. Yeah, and kind of back to your point about that midfield, dude. You have these holding mid- midfielders and these guys out in the field who you kind of realize, like McTominay, that they're not going to contribute that much offensively and attacking. But the fact that your positioning is so bad when I'm counting on you for Defense. defending is just like what there's no point of him out there right now yeah his positioning's terrible and he's not bringing anything to the attack so it's kind of just like at least fred gives me a little bit of something yeah fred fred gives you the effort he tries to cover for everybody yeah and you know that always doesn't work out and and it it's kind of dips him in the butt a little bit but he's out there giving an effort i think him him ronaldo and fernandez are the only guys in that and kind of in that attack and midfield role that are like trying to to defend and everyone else is just sitting there like that second goal that that silva scored i was like ready to rip my hair out ready to rip my hair out i was so angry but honestly you know i don't know what can be i don't know what has to change i think cavani should be up there with ronaldo i mean with yeah up there with ronaldo they have such great chemistry when they played they a game against atalanta unbelievable and when they played together uh, with Tottenham, it was unbelievable. I think Greenwood's a little too young. I think he's a little selfish. He's trying to be a selfish player. He's thinking about scoring goals only, not being a team player. I think that's what kind of really hurts them in the long run or in the short term yep. in these games. But honestly, just they have to figure it out. They just they had they had five total shots and only two of them yeah. on net. Like that's embarrassing. They had more shots. They had more shots on their own net than on on the on city's keeper i mean that was unbelievable and i know i don't know if you guys i say it all the time in the group chat but they need to play van de beek almost every single game he needs to be on the field for 90 minutes every single game because what he did in that Atalanta game should have been enough for him to start this weekend he yep. he came on in the what 85th minute took the ball got all the way down in the box does what he did was doing what he did at Ajax or Ajax and just he created that Ronaldo goal that, that got them the tie. You know? Yep. Unbelievable. And that should have been that should have been like, all right, 
you know what, you, you're in the starting lineup, and I would take McTominay out, and he would be in that pivot role where he can play offense and defense. I think that would have been a little bit of a difference maker for United. I don't think I, that second goal. Yeah, I completely agree. I, I think that's what frustrates me the most about Ole right now is he seems to be trying all these kind of new formations and different personnel except for Van de Beek. And <laughs> I feel like he just needs to get a run of games because to me, he screams and has every attribute of kind of what you're looking at, looking for at United right now is that guy who can just go from box to box yeah. defending well, but then also bringing the ball forward. Like when he was at IX and playing consistently, he was like an energizer, energizer bunny out there. He just never stopped. And his defending was so impressive as well as his connection with like Frankie Dijon and et cetera. It was, it was impressive. So I hope he gets a, get some games under his belt soon, but yeah, I just feel like we're wasting someone who could solve a lot of issues on the bench right now. Yeah, I agree. I think, I think it's just a matter of time before Ole's gone, but today they said that uh, he's not going anywhere. So uh, I'm, I'm a little upset. Um, I think, I have, a, I have a question for you, Nick, on that. Um, do you think it's more of that the ownership still believes in Ole going forward, or do you think it's one of those things where there's not really like his his their targeted replacement for Ole is available right now, so maybe they'll just keep going throughout the season and wait for uh, if, if that comes after the season? I don't think it, I don't think it can wait till after the season. They have a they have a viable guy who they've talked to multiple times. I've known for a fact that I follow on Twitter. Um, I mentioned it in the group chat this morning. Rick Ragnick, um, he's the director of football for Locomotive uh, Moscow, but he was the Leipzig coach for about for about uh, let's see, he was there for I think three years, and he turned that he turned that team around as a manager with his tactics and the way he presses the ball. Like that's what they need right now—an immediate fix. And he doesn't have to stay for you know three years. You know, like what they did with Ole. He won six games in a row, three-year contract. Let him you know, <laughs> get him in there until get him in there until June 2022, when the season's over. You know, Champions League's over, everything's over, and then evaluate. You know how he did, and either hand him a contract or then go and find your replacement in the summer. And you know, they said Zidane is an impossible achievement here because he's not a yes man he's not going to do what the board wants him to do and the board is is in control here unfortunately the ownership is too um they want a guy who will just tell him yep i'll, I'll go do that for you yeah i'll do this yeah i'll do this you know zidane's going to question everyone in that front and that organization to like a t he's going to wear him down oh, yeah. and he's going to get what he wants you know i think that's that- what that's what he did exactly at real madrid was kind of it's his way or no way. Even if ownership kind of says some different things or has some different ideas about players, he really says, no, I'm the manager. I'm going to produce results. So I think United just need to swallow the pill and get Sedan because yeah. he is a special manager and yeah. the players respond. He's Sedan Zidane. He's unbelievable. Yeah. He's going to get those results. Cause if you look at his track record, it's what three champions leagues in a row. How many La Liga's did he have? Lauer Real Madrid think- fan. I think he only ended up getting two. Two? Which was... Hey, I don't care. League's not their thing. Yeah, as long as he's winning, you know? As long as he's winning something. Ole hasn't won anything. They've been to to three semifinals, lost two of them, and then lost the final. That's not a great track record. Can't can't even get into the final of the FA Cup or the the Carabao Cup. They're just just a team without without direction. They have no plan for the future. They just want to... I think the owners just want to get... 
Like they're just cat. They're just cashing in on this franchise. This organization just taking all the money, sucking all the money out of it, and they don't care <laughs> about they don't care about the results, or they don't care about winning trophies. At the end of the day, as long as it's the most marketable, you know, franchise in sport, does it really matter if you win? As long as your name's always out there, you know, that's kind of my problem right now. Um, it's just all, and it's just tough have, having fans, you know, be so negative and and turning on club legends and you know and even i don't know i'll send you guys a link in the group chat but michael owen just for like three minutes it was him paul Scholes, and like owen hargreaves or something like that just went off on on the entire the entire team the manager and it was actually pretty interesting to 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 listen to i'll send that to you i want to get your guys thoughts later but um yeah let's uh let's look forward to these um Next Premier League games. I know it's going to be um, next week. We're coming back. Um, the 20th is going to be the next round of Premier League games. And honestly, there's some there's some solid matchups coming here. Um, Trevor, I know you got uh, you got Brighton at uh, 10 o'clock on a Saturday. What are you feeling? Do you think there's going to be a new manager by then? And do you think um, you think yeah, I, I, yeah. That's that's part of the reason I think the sacking, the timing, the sacking of Dean Smith was to try to get him out right before this international break, so we can get whoever's the new manager in there and get a couple of weeks in of uh, betting into the club. So I mean, typically you you kind of see this like new manager bump a lot of the times in the Premier League, and I hope it happens, but it's going to come down to fitness, I think. And I think Danny Ings is still out, and Douglas Louise might still be out, and coming down to playing Brighton, like I said, they've been playing so well, it's so hard to beat them. It seems like they just draw all the time. So uh, I'm hoping for it, but I'm not optimistic. Yeah, I feel you. Uh, and they got we got Leicester and Chelsea first game of the weekend. Um, and I said, I know I know you guys have been listening. Um, we've always say that Leicester is kind of like a Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde kind of situation. You don't know which team you're going to get when you're playing them. You could either play in the, the, the team that won the uh, – Premier League, you know, five years ago, it could be playing a team that's in a relegation battle. You never know which one's going to show up. And I've been wrong a couple times, but I think they're going to get, we're going to get the best luster out there for this Chelsea game. Cause um, I think Chelsea's kind of in a, in a weird spot right now where they're really not scoring goals. And I think Leicester can really take it to them. And yeah, that, that'll be a fun matchup. Yeah, I'm excited for it. I'm honestly excited for it. I might wake up at seven 30 to watch that, but probably not. And then, uh, capping off that Saturday, we got a big one: Liverpool Arsenal. We should get uh, Tom on the podcast to really think about it, but he won't come on because he's a coward. Um, what do you guys think? What do you guys think of Liverpool Arsenal? It's going to be a high-scoring game, I think. Um, I'm so excited for that one. I, you got to imagine Liverpool is determined to bounce back from the West Ham game, and this is going to really test to see how good. Uh, the system is at Arsenal right now and what form these players are truly on because Liverpool has just been a force all year. And this is, this is going to be a big one for Arsenal. And I, I really hope uh, they compete because it would be a shame to kind of see them lose like a two nil three nil and that confidence just kind of get taken away. Yeah. Yeah. They're head to head matchups over the last, you know, 30 games. It's, it's eight, eight, 10 and eight. So there's been 10 wins for Liverpool 10 draws and eight wins for, for Arsenal. So it's always a, it's always a close affair when they, when they play, it's never really a blowout and it's always high scoring affair. Um, but on, on fought mob, I don't know if you guys have fought mob. Um, there's always a, who will win, who will win tab, who will win poll. 
and honestly, it's it's pretty close. It's it's forty six percent for Liverpool, forty percent for Arsenal, and fifty percent draw. Um, so I don't know. I'm I might do just a Liverpool Liverpool uh, money line and and definitely bet the over. But I might have a little fun and bet the Arsenal on the money line here. What are you feeling, Trevor? Yeah, especially uh, being at Anfield, just coming off of that loss to West Ham, I feel like Liverpool, I'd, if I was a betting man, which I don't know if I will be this weekend, um, I would probably bet on Liverpool. I mean, this is, <laughs> yeah, especially after I had a Champions League six-leg parlay losing the 90th minute. That was great. Um, but yeah, this is going to be a this is going to be a big test for Arsenal. I mean, I, I feel like the last couple of years that they probably just really feared playing Liverpool with the state of uh, how the club has been. But after this run of form, they're, they're probably uh, pretty amped up to get this opportunity to prove it against Liverpool. So it'll be a good one. I'll uh, hopefully I'll watch it because it's later in the day, eleven thirty, not like six a.m. Central Time like that uh, Buster game. But yeah, if I uh, had to take uh, someone here, especially being at Anfield, I'd take Liverpool. Sweet, and I and we're getting a Saturday. We're also getting a rejuvenated Wolves team against West Ham. That's always a good affair. Um, I think that you know West Ham's just going to keep on rolling. But they're head to head. They have four wins and four draws against each other. Um, and their last game, uh, Wolves w- lost to West Ham three two. That was uh, back in April. But we'll see. I mean, I'm definitely going to bet bet the over. I think. I think West Ham's definitely going to be scoring a bunch of goals, especially on a team like like Wolves that's kind of have an up and down year. They're kind of starting up to find some form, but um, I think they're just gonna gonna get pummeled by by West Ham here. The Wolves are gonna gonna be tough for them. Shout out Jack Herman. He was uh, he was all amped up. I don't know if you guys know Herman visited me this weekend, and he was a he was very very excited about the Wolves. I told him he sucked, and then. Uh, you know, he proceeded to make fun of me for for United losing. See if uh, Claudio Ranieri can uh, whip up some old magic again because it hasn't uh, started too well for him so far. I know, and <laughs> Claudio Ranieri is a great coach. I don't know if you guys knew that he's unreal. He should have stayed at Roma when they had him a couple of years ago, but um, you know, then Mourinho would still be around. You know, but whatever. Um, and then obviously, <laughs> um, we got. United and Watford at 10 a.m. that Saturday. Um, I'm not looking forward to it. I'm not going to give you anything on the game. Um, all I know is that Ole's in charge, and um, apparently for the game. And if they don't win this game, I think he's gone. Who the replacement is, I don't know. Um, but they're playing at Watford away. I mean, they have a better away record than a home record right now, United does. But we'll see. It all depends on who wants to show up and play and defend their manager and who actually wants to play with some balls and actually score some goals. We'll see. But um, they're head-to-head, though. Obviously, it's a, it's a pretty lopsided. There's no draws. United's had 10 wins against Watford's two. Um, it's been unbelievable, though. I'm, I'm pretty excited to see this Watford team, especially in their battle for uh, staying up after just getting promoted uh, a couple of years ago. Or Actually, they got promoted this year, right? Am I right? All right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not positive. I'm not sure either. But um, yeah, they're only two points ahead of Burnley, who snatched a point away from Chelsea this year, uh, this this past weekend. Um, but it's a pretty pretty tight race for this relegation battle, obviously, except for Norwich and uh, Newcastle. But um, yeah, I'm pretty excited. Um, I can't wait to see you guys. I'll be down for the cross on shootout in a month. I'll hopefully see you guys then. Let's go, baby. Yep. Uh, one. 
one game I'd like to point out for uh, that we didn't mention was uh, is Newcastle Brentford. I know your Brentford bees uh, haven't been buzzing uh, as much lately, but Newcastle. I don't know if you guys saw it earlier uh, today. Eddie Howe appointed the new manager, the uh, the, yeah. the former AFC uh, Bournemouth manager. Which when Bournemouth was in the Premier League, I, I a lot of people were really high on Eddie Howe. They were really playing well, even though they didn't have too much spending or talent there. But then it seemed like they just kind of crashed and burned. Um, and so it'll be interesting to see with everything, I guess, surrounding newscast, <clears throat> Newcastle with the ownership, if Eddie Howe is going to be their guy going forward. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a tough ass for him to come in from a, from a team in the championship, to start coaching uh Premier League team, uh, coming back in a new, in a new setting with new owners who have big expectations for the club. Um, will he, do you think he will be successful here? Or do you think, Later on down the line, he'll get he'll get the sack like the rest of them. I think I think his tactics and the way he ha- inspires his players is pretty good. Um, but but I mean it, it's just it's a, sometimes it's too much for guys coming out of the out of the championship to handle. You know, too much pressure. Yeah. I think the expectations and kind of all the pressure is going to probably mean a quick quick run for him uh there i just think they're gonna look for that rapid growth it might happen it might not but they're not gonna be afraid to spend and if that means getting rid of a manager quickly that might be it but it'll it'll be interesting because i i completely agree he does sometimes just have a great connection with the players and to me that's just so important nowadays from a manager yeah do you do you think um do you think if he doesn't survive the relegation battle with uh, Burnley and Norwich and Watford, do you think he's going to keep his job or no? Do you think it's going to be a quick turnaround? That'll that'll be interesting. Yeah, I, I I think I don't know. I think he may stay if they at least. I mean, just with the summer, like the spending coming into the summer, if they think Eddie Howe's a long term option, they probably they might already assume that relegation is kind of inevitable, even though they're only five points out. But so. I guess we'll see, but if if they come into the championship next year with all that spending and they have Eddie Eddie Howe as a manager and they just have an unreal year, then come back up and we'll see. Um, but yeah, I'm not too sure. All right, all right, we'll see, Trevor. We'll see. All right, fellas, <laughs> I, that's about it. That's all I have. You got anything else to add? No, nothing too much. Nothing. Nothing. Jeez, Louise. Trevor, what do you Thanks want? Thanks for having us on. Yeah, no problem. What do you, you want? You guys want some real get? Real Madrid La Liga stuff? Yeah, let's hear it. <laughs> well, who, who's got who's Real Madrid got next week? Uh eh, I actually don't know who their next match is, to be honest. That's oh, embarrassing. It's a something we big Madrid guy, but speaking of club legends coming back to coach for their teams, what do you think uh Chavi coming back to coach for Barcelona? Do you think he's the answer? I love it, but that club is in disarray. Um I don't know how much news you guys have seen for it, but of course every Madrid uh, blogger is out there talking about Barcelona all the time, but their, their books are in a lot of trouble. They have no money is a massive problem as you kind of saw with Messi just leaving this year. Uh, So I'm not sure if Xavi's the answer. I actually love him as a coach. I think he's going to bring the proper tactics and they do have like three very, special players that are young in Fatih, uh, Gabi, which is kind of funny that he's like the Chavi, uh, just like uh Chavi, but, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting kind of how they bounce back They're They're such a big club. You got to think they do. Um, but personally I did love the hire for them, even if it might mean 
pain for me as a Madrid fan. Yeah, maybe we'll see. I mean, I'm pretty excited to see him, see it happen. See how quick he, how quickly he could turn around a squad for Barcelona because them and Man United are in the same place, just absolute disarray. And hopefully, someone, yeah. hopefully one of them works out. Um, hopefully both work out, and hopefully Aston Villa works out. Do you think Stevie G? I'm I'm all in on Stevie G being that. I love we'll, hearing that. We'll see, but uh, back to the La Liga, I'll be in uh, Madrid in March visiting my sister studying abroad. So I think we're planning on going to Madrid and Barcelona. So I might have some uh, boots on the ground firsthand uh, reporting for how the La Liga is going in the spring. Let me know how that new uh, new Madrid stadium is. Did you, wait, <laughs> speaking of that, did you guys see that, that video they posted about Dude. the multi use stadium? Oh my God, that looks unreal. That looks unreal. It is crazy. Too bad they had like the Knicks and the and the Lakers for like a basketball court, which kind of sucked. But what are you gonna do? Um, but yeah, I'm excited. This is gonna be uh, it's obviously an exciting year for for soccer fans, and especially with the World Cup coming up in a couple years. Actually, next year, right? Next December. Oh yeah. Yeah, next December World Cup qualifiers. Those are always big. Um, those are gonna be going on from now until the 18th of November right before Thanksgiving. We'll see what happens then. Um, I know a couple of guys are already out injured. and Honestly, it's a tight battle to get into the World Cup right now. Italy lost a couple of weeks ago. Um, France lost. Uh, Spain lost a couple of weeks ago. It's oh, it's up in the air now, but there's going to be some good, uh, good games on international. If you guys like international soccer, I know it's always not the, the most prestigious you know, games. They're always friendlies, but there's, they're playing for something this year, which is going to be nice. It's always entertaining when there's something on the line you know i will say i hope they never do a winter world cup again because all these international breaks uh during the premier league season are pretty annoying yeah <laughs> yeah it's tough it's always that's always tough it's always tough but um yeah that's all we have for today um thank you guys for coming on it was great having you thank god i wasn't rambling to myself there it would have been a bad podcast um hopefully hopefully you guys can join us again hopefully tom joins us joins us um, as soon as he starts ducking me. Um, yeah, thank you guys for having uh, Thank you guys for coming on and great having you. I'll see you guys soon. See you, man. Bella. Oh, jeez. <laughs> right, Madrid. Going, see you, boys.